This is the Bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. Uh-oh, welcome to the Bullpen. What is this, Tuesday? This is only Tuesday, all right. I know it's Tuesday because I get the T-Mobile Tuesday uh, message or notifications on my app. And that's the only way I remember that it's Tuesday. Thank you, T-Mobile. I appreciate you. Well, then welcome to the Tuesday edition. Welcome of the to T-Mobile Play. Tuesday the edition. T-Mobile of Odu- no, just kidding. Not sponsored by yeah, T-Mobile, we are not unfortunately. Sponsored by but T-Mobile. feel free, T-Mobile. Yeah. Say what up. Reach out to Give our sales staff. 512-834-1027. We'll talk to you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, another day here. You know, it's funny. I was legitimately, when we came in just now, I was like, right, what day is this? I almost said the Wednesday edition of the bullpen. I realized, well, it's not Wednesday. That would have been a very rude tease. Well, it reminded me, too, that uh, you know, years ago when I was a little boy, I, I, you know, my, the elders in my life would always tell me, oh, yeah, you know, eventually just wait. Time goes by fast. All the days start blending together. And oh, wouldn't you know? Wouldn't you know it? They were right. They were right. Damn it. They are right. They, were, they are these right. These weeks go by. I, I, I'll be honest with you. These weeks go by really fast for me. They go by real fast. Yeah. Uh, some days fast, some weeks faster than others. Sure, that is true. Um, that is true. And the closer that I get to my annual uh, jet set to Maine, mm-hmm. the slower these weeks are getting. Oh, trust me, I'm with you too. I'm I'm on the same mindset. I'm just less than two weeks until new till I go to New Orleans for the first time, and I am stoked. Yeah, it's t- it's tough to stay focused sometimes. We're going it? for Halloween, baby. All right, man. Actually, I've been I- to Vegas for Halloween, and now I get to go to New Orleans for ha- New Orleans for Halloween. There's a good chance that I will be in Salem, Massachusetts for I Halloween. It. I love it. Which will be really cool with the, the old witch. I, I, I hear that it's supposed to be. I've, seen, uh, I've seen a lot of TikToks on it already. And on Halloween? Yeah. All, I, just in Salem. Oh, in, in general, Salem. For right now. Oh. Yeah. And people are going crazy. They're, the, the place is full right now. And the one that keeps showing is like this overweight looking Pennywise character that just stands there and lets you take pictures with him. Well, that doesn't sound scary. <laughs> it does. It's not scary. Pennywise is scary, but like <laughs> McDonald's Pennywise. Yeah, it's like worse. Ronald's it's, it's evil worse. brother. It's not. Yeah. I mean, that the, the actor looks great. Yeah. Just, you know. Well. Doesn't look like him. Here's hoping I can make it down there. It should be a lot of fun. I think you will. How, long, how far away is that? From Salem from where, I, from where I'll be in Maine, probably an hour and a half. Hour okay. 45, not too far. And you got a car, right? I will, but I, I would probably take the train. I'd probably take the train into Boston and then uh, meet my buddy there, and we'd probably go to oh, Salem from Listen Boston. to you. Wow, that just sounds wonderful. Yes, it does. We can just, you know, talk about what are, we're doing for our vacation. For you want to do that for, for, for the, the next whole, hour? For the whole hour. Yeah. That'll make us make this go by quick. Yeah, That'll also get us off the air pretty quick, Let's all too. just go ahead and go on vacation. <laughs> uh, no, we do have a lot to get to, and... Uh, some news, the, this Dan Snyder, the latest in the Dan Snyder saga, it's not over. Far from it. And uh, in a letter to Jerry Jones. In a letter to NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell today, an attorney for four dozen former Washington Commanders employees is raising, quote, serious concern that the NFL violated a, quote, very specific promise of confidentiality that was made to her clients before they testified to investigators about Dan Snyder and the team's uh, alleged toxic wor- workplace culture. Yep. That's not good. Uh, Washington, D.C. attorney Lisa Banks cited an ESPN report last week that commander's lawyers used NFL investigator Beth Wilkinson's inquiry as a tip sheet to compile an enemies list. And that was used by Snyder's law firm to commission private investigations and, quote, harass clients. Whoopsies. So, is Snyder a scumbag or is he he just play one on TV? No, he is. 
Yeah. At least that's how it feels like. I mean, it's from just, my perspective, yes. All, all of these allegations have just been nonstop slime, man. Mm-hmm. And here's the latest. And, and so now you've got, um, where did I read this? There are all these reports that, uh, okay, here we go. Uh, Banks said in a letter that after the NFL revealed witness names, several of her clients were harassed by private investigators, some publicly disparaged and or removed from team alumni groups. At least one who was still working for the team was terminated. So it sounds like there's a lot of uh, vengeance being taken. Revenge? Yeah. I, I, I just I, And we reported, what, a week or two ago that Snyder's got this dirt, dirt on every Everybody. single owner. Mm-hmm. And he's losing friends. Quickly. Very quickly. Allegedly. They won't say it publicly. Uh, so... According to uh, this um, Banks, this Lisa Banks attorney there in Washington, says, if true, this was, in, this was in clear violation of very specific promise the NFL made to our clients through Ms. Wilkinson and her team that witness names would be kept confidential and not shared with Mr. Snyder or the Washington commanders. I think at this point, probably everybody knows enough about him, well, should know enough about him now uh, to, to not share any further yes. details yes. with the man. But I think the damage is already done. This guy's clearly got plenty uh, he doesn't. He what he he said something like he's he's willing to. He's got resources. Yeah, and and, and he's got time. And in not so many words, something you know, to, he's willing to fight tooth and nail to keep control of the team, and he's willing to let, take anybody down. He's basically standing on his own, saying, "Come after me, I dare you." Yeah, bring it on. Yeah, find out. Yeah, so uh, I'm afraid what would happen if they actually tried though for both sides. Yeah, it'll just be a total mess. So Banks is asking for a meeting meeting now with Roger Goodell to find out whether or not this tip sheet oh. is the allegation is founded. Yeah, good not. luck with that. Uh, but this is this is um, this is not good, and it, it looks like Roger Goodell is kind of caught in the mix, mi- the midst of all this, and probably knew more than. Of course he did. He's leading. Yeah, of course on, he did. He know? is paid by the owners, so he has to abide by the owners. If they don't want him to say something, he will not do it. He has to. He's their yes man. Yeah. Basically. So an NFL spokesman, not surprisingly, not commenting, not re- re- responding to a request for comment. Of course. Um, they, they, they just don't, don't want to. We've make been saying look this bad since here. before the season even started that we don't want to watch because if this was any other, like, you know, corporation or like a. If they own like a restaurant or something, and and I don't know, or just like a business in general that wasn't as popular as football, and they treated their employees like this, and their owners were, you know, the the inmates were running the asylum, they wouldn't survive. Not at all. Not one bit. Not for a moment. But we don't care. We don't think about it because we don't see it. We We see their product on the field. We don't see the behind the scenes stuff that is probably majority. Uh, reprehensible, Mm -hmm. just completely awful, just dirty and slimy. Like we've been, you know, with when some get through the cracks, this is what we read, and it's disgusting. Yep. But we still will watch. Of course, of course, we are human. After we are, we are human. Yeah. So the commanders are reportedly expected to face further action pending the results of an investigation being conducted by DC Attorney General Carl Racing uh, regarding allegations of sexual harassment and workplace misconduct. Uh, the office has nearly completed this months-long investigation and plans to, quote, move full steam ahead as it relates to the next steps. And so Dan Snyder and the NFL uh, will, uh, according to a person familiar with this probe, Dan Snyder and the NFL will soon face accountability for their actions. Bring it. It says Snyder will no longer be able to dodge subpoenas, avoid testifying or answering questions. 
So uh, I hope so. Man, this nerdy little guy is just getting away with everything. My God. Yeah. Now the NFL Get, hold him accountable. NFL's also Tired in the process of, of completing a, a second investigation into They're misconduct not allegations. Do anything. To we him. Have, we have investigated ourselves and found we've done nothing wrong. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why you have to use outside resources that are not biased towards the ownership. And it's it sounds like it's working. I don't. Will it work completely? Who knows? Are any rich people ever held accountable? Very rarely. Not often. So not often. We can, one can only hope. So how do you think the uh, commanders are, are re- reacting to the, the latest here? Do you think they're... What are they going to say? Are, are their statements in positive? Are no. They, are, they, are they justifying their actions? They're going to be neutral. Are they? They're going to be... I don't know. I would assume they're going to be neutral. They're probably... They're still looking into it as well. Uh, they're calling anonymous leaks from the D.C. Attorney General, quote, unconscionable. Mm, there it is. Yeah. These anonymous leaks are unconscionable, and D.C. Attorney General... She confirmed that the leaks didn't come from any number, member of his office or anyone affiliated with his office. They're, they're that's angry. from the Twitter account or the, from the social media accounts? Yeah. Yeah, that's from the lawyers. Those are the direct quotes from lawyers. Right. But leak or no leak, there's obviously a, a, a storm is brewing there in D.C. Bring it. Uh, and Hold it's not, it's, it's not going to leak. There's going to be this 40-year flood yeah. that, that's coming. That's what's coming, not a couple of leaks. And the only question is when and how long. That downpour last. If the league wants Jeff Bezos in the league, which I believe they do, this is their shot, and I don't know why they they back down from it. Yeah. But they're you know too weak as well because they have to do what their little owners say. Their little old owners say. Well, the storm is coming, Dan Snyder. I hope so. Hope you got your wellies, as they say in Scotland. Oh, yeah, good one. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Uh, rain boots. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Yeah. It's not what I was thinking. Uh, so. Probably going to be plenty of scattered harumphing in the room today from multi-billionaires gathering from the quarterly meeting of the NFL harumph, owners. Harumph, harumph. Um, rabble, rabble, rabble. Here's one thing that they apparently won't be discussing today. The potential fixes to the perceived crisis regarding roughing the passer penalties. Oh, shocker. League one doesn't, thing that's most important. League doesn't think there's a crisis here. <laughs> the system's working just fine as far as they're concerned in the league. NFL Executive VP of Football Operations Troy Vinson admitted it on Sunday on ESPN. The rule gives the referee the latitude to be wrong about throwing the flag. In other words, when in doubt, whip it out. In fact, three of those six words actually in the rule book. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hell yeah. So, wow. Uh, so the league essentially wants to create a force field around yeah. the quarterback. And you, you can understand protecting your investment. Get that. But they're compelling defensive players to think twice about where and when and how they're going to hit the quarterback. It's changing the game, not for the better. Uh, and, and all because they're, fa- they're afraid of drawing a flag. Not only that, these, these defenders are getting hurt because they're moving. Their, they have to contort their bodies in different ways because if, they're coming, if they come in at the quarterback any wrong direction, if, if they look like they're torpedoing or if they're about to fall on top of them because you're apparently not allowed to fall on top of a human anymore when you tackle them... Mm-hmm. Yeah, physics. Now, so how dare physics yeah, be physics? Yeah, physics be damned. You have to contort your body in a way that is not possible to get off a get off the quarterback, and then you know they tweak their knee or roll their yep. ankle or yep. something like that, or land on their shoulder wrong, or they fall on their head. Like it's it's just gonna it's gonna have a negative ripple effect no matter what. And did I not say we we heard this all a bunch uh, when this first started coming out? They all compare this to the. Uh, 
the 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 reviewable uh, pass interference. Right. If it's close, throw it. We'll judge it. It doesn't matter. And what a failed experiment that was. Yeah, and this is going to end up the same way. Yeah, it already is. Uh, yeah. So obviously, the the league wants as many healthy quarterbacks as possible, which makes sense. Good for business yes. when they're healthy. But to a point, you're still playing a game. But uh, so, yeah. Uh, the NFL executive VP of football operations, Troy Vincent, on Sunday said 91 of the top 100 shows last year on television were NFL games. He says, because people came to see the quarterback play. They want to see points and scores. He says, I think we all have an appreciation. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance to win. So there you go right there. VP of NFL operations admitting that they're going to baby the continue to baby the quarterback and therefore don't expect any movement right now with this roughing the passer problem. That yeah. way. And it is a problem as anyone who's been watching football recently. It's interesting knows. when uh, top brass says the quiet part out loud. Yeah, I know, right? It's it's really, you almost don't expect it, but then when you hear it, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. So that's kind of that's kind of my thought on, on, on that. Like, we all knew they were thinking it. It, it just, it had to come out in some way and that's how it did. And yeah. now we know. League's willing to Tolerate a team or two periodically getting screwed over in the name of avoiding the league being screwed by a rash of primetime games, not featuring Josh Allen or Patrick Again, Mahomes. nothing is going to change until we all collectively do what we say we're going to do when they say it in that stop watching. How many people the last couple of years have said they're no longer watching football anymore, and I guarantee you they watched every single game. Yeah. Because the numbers prove it. Yeah. So if you want change... You got to stop watching, and no one's going to do that. That's, well, certainly not enough people are going to do that. Exactly. I, I think the NFL loses a bit, uh, you know, a good chunk of fans here and there every year. But then you get a they either you get come, a, you they get either a come yeah. back or you get a whole new crop of them. You lose you know? ten, you gain fifty. The NFL doesn't care, like big tobacco. Yeah, again, their 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 fans die off. Oh, that's all right. We'll get some new ones. No biggie. We're still making billions. All these guys are just hanging out in the corner watching it all, watching everything burn in front of them, and they're smoking their cigars being like, yep, we did that. Yep. And you know what? It doesn't matter because people will still watch it. That's right. That's right. Stick around here in the bullpen. More to come on this Tuesday edition, including Dak Prescott determined to play on Sunday, returning against the Lions. Giddy up. Giddy up indeed. <laughs> uh, also a- another horribly lackluster Broncos performance. And we get two more. whoop de frickin do I hope you're all ready. So I, I, a, a line from an Adam Sandler movie comes to mind right now. I won't say it, though. I'll let you just imagine which one. Which movie? That'll be your tease. What's the movie? I don't know. What? It's The Wedding Singer. Okay. 512-834-1027 is the number. Give us I'm a gonna call. I'm going to figure this out. Here at the bullpen. This is The Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Oh, Welcome back to The Bullpen. Tuesday welcome back bullpen. to what? Oh, it's Tuesday, correct. That's right. I'm trying to be a little more positive. It's not Monday, Junior, even though it really is. You feeling better now that you got some food in you? One bite, but yeah. <laughs> Man, it's, it's Sometimes tough. Sometimes that's all it takes it's to get, tough get, getting you, here. get yeah. you back. Yeah, well, you know, three in the morning, <sighs> I don't have what a big appetite. It? It's almost what, Man, it's one, been 10 hours since you last ate. Yeah. Well, I don't have a lot of appetite in the morning, though. That's true. Not and you're so I busy here. Yeah. That, that eight hours, eight hours plus goes by very quickly at work. So and you don't even get it. You realize that when you don't get up to eat. And typically the email goes out, hey, there's food here when I'm absolutely not able to get to it. So, and you're not here most of the time anyway. Uh, I made a point to get to it this time. <laughs> Good call. Believe it. 
You better believe it. Uh, so NFL team owners expected to approve a resolution today that will have Rams owner Stan, Cron- uh, Stan Kroenke uh, reimbursing the league for the remaining $571 million paid to St. Louis over the team's relocation to Los Angeles. And what do you think they're going to do with that money? Mm. Probably pocket it to the owners. You think? Yeah, I would assume so. And I'll bet even Stan Kroenke gets some of that money probably. back. Uh, pro- yeah, well, probably. I mean, these these rich guys got rich for a reason. They, yeah. they know how to work the money. They absolutely do. Uh, the NFL's already paid uh, the $790 million settlement to St. Louis. But how the payment was divided up between Kroenke and the league has been a, a kind of a contentious issue here. Uh, NFL teams have already contributed a total of $219 million toward the settlement reached with the city last year. And under the resolution, which is expected to be approved today at the quarterly meeting in New York, Kroenke would be responsible for the remainder. Owners will uh, waive the league's limit on allowable debt in order for Kroenke to do so. Uh, this settlement uh, announced last year, and it really ends a four-and-a-half-year-old lawsuit in the wake of the Rams' departure from St. Louis. Kroenke and the NFL failed in bids to have the suit dismissed or, or at least moved out of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And uh, courts were sympathetic to St. Louis' side uh, and... and uh, well, yeah. And the effort to disclose uh, financial information of team owners. Believe it or not, St. Louis did not want to see the Rams go to L.A. No. Well, I, I mean, it cost, it cost the city millions of dollars in tourism, mm-hmm. amusement, ticket earnings, you know, hotel tax revenue, all kinds of stuff. I mean, they're fine because they have the Cardinals, but the St. Louis they Cardinals. They got the Cardinals. But, they got the Blues. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but that was a big deal. But, I mean, they never filled that stadium anyway, even when they were good. They didn't. They didn't. And uh, I guess uh, an, an arbiter, ar- arbitrator actually awarded hundreds of millions of dollars in improvements. Uh, it, it was built with taxpayer money in the early 90s, and, and it was you know, supposed to, supposed to be upgraded. There were, uh, St. Louis initially proposed more, uh, an upgrade, eventually proposed a $1 billion stadium there along <laughs> the Mississippi River yeah. to be further uh, funded jointly by taxpayers in the NFL. So I, I, it was, I don't like it, that. It was, what do you call it? You call it uh, uh, window dressing? It was all yeah. window dressing. Yeah. Because Kroenke didn't want to stay in St. Louis. No. He's a, he was an L, he's a West Coast guy. He wanted to go to L.A. He never was going to make money in, in St. Louis. So, yeah, it was all, ooh, yeah, look what, we, look what we'll maybe do here and look at this and look at that. And, just, and it was all a distraction while he was getting L.A. ready. Yeah, so as St. Louis was proposing this upgrade and, and that $1 billion stadium along the Mississippi, Kroenke had already bought the land in Inglewood, California. Bingo. Or what is now SoFi. So. That is uh, vaguely familiar to when uh, the Oklahoma City group bought the Sonics and like, yeah, look here, we're going we're gonna to put them here and look at this, wow, look at this, look at this new art that we did, look at this stadium, it's going to look so good. And yeah, we, don't, we know you don't want it there, but that's where we're going to put it. And then all while doing that, they got everything ready for Oklahoma. How do you feel about taxpayers being on the hook for these big stadiums? I mean, we do we ever really see it? Do we do see it, but we just don't notice it because it goes into what hotel gas taxes and stuff like well, that. Well, you can make the same argument for any tax you pay. You don't really see it unless it's forcibly removed from your check in the, in the name of income tax. I mean, and I part I part I mean, I can't. I'd be a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. I part I had a season I was season ticket holder in for the Seahawks for 12 years, mm-hmm. 13 years. So, whether I and I helped pay for that stadium and I, you know, then also spent the hundreds of dollars to to go see every single game every single year. Yeah, that's, that's so, awesome. I mean, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I, you know, I if you if you benefit from it, I don't see I don't see too much of an issue, even though you're not really getting any money back. But I don't know. I guess it is what it is because we don't it really is. have a choice anyway. 
we're going to do it. We don't get a choice. I mean, I guess we get a choice if it's going to happen or not, but that's when we willingly say, yes, please take our money. Seems like more often than not, voters go that route. Yeah. Yeah, because they want that product in their hometown. And yeah. you don't technically, you, you do pay for it, but you don't ever technically see it because you're paying it on taxes on stuff you don't really pay attention to. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't really use the hotels in Seattle. So I don't really know if that if I really paid for it in that aspect or how my taxes, tax money went into paying for it. Does it come out of my paycheck? I have no idea. We don't know. So why why should we care? Speaking of stadiums and Seattle, is it uh, Lumen Field where the uh, the FC play? Yes. Do they really call it the? Wait, no, 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 not not Lumen Field. Where where does the where's the hockey team play? That your hockey Climate team? Pledge Arena, do old, they re- old Key Arena. And do they really call it the Crack House? No. Because I I've heard somebody heard call that because you guys are the Kraken, and I really, yeah. I it was it was like an ESPN or Sports Illustrated commentator. Actually said, oh, and they call it the crack house. No. I had never heard that before. No, no, I didn't know it was true or not. I've never once seen it called the crack house. I've never once heard anyone utter that beyond first finding out that the team's name was the Kraken. Oh. Like, obviously, those jokes get put out there, and then it, it gets grabbed and ran with, but no. Not true, huh? Yeah. I, I mean, it could be. It could be for some group of fans, but I've never heard or seen it. So That's too bad. Okay. <laughs> I guess you know people got mad when we called when CenturyLink Field was called. We called it the Clink. Yeah. People didn't like that because it reminded them of the jail, but we still did it. So I'm sure people call it the Crack House. I mean, it definitely fits. Nobody gets but, mad at it. We call it the Crack House. It's like well, that reminds me of the Crack House. Everyone thinks that <laughs> all the homeless people there are doing drugs on the street anyway. So I guess it's fitting. That's the perception of what Seattle is to the outside world, then, you know, if you actually go there, you won't see all that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Whatever. So, uh, Dallas Cowboys owner, general manager, Jerry Jones, very hopeful that Dak Prescott can be able to return to the starting lineup on Sunday against the Lions after he's missed the past five games with that fractured right thumb. Uh, I think all indications are that he will be there, ready to go. Yeah. Uh, he talked to 105 through the fan up in Dallas today. Well, let's just say this. Uh, uh, he's determined. There's a. Uh, I think he's, uh, from my perspective, from what I can know and see, I think he's going to get there. We uh, feel like that uh, physically he's at a position that the risk-reward justifies him being out there in terms of any reoccurrence of the injury. To set that one off to the side. We don't have that to think about. So it's a question of him getting ready. And he's going to be given every opportunity this week to get ready to go play. Have you have you seen much at all? Uh, any video or, or or much of Dak recently? Only him throwing with his left hand, and yeah. then all of a sudden, poof, he was he was gone from the social media. Well, I, I'm, I'm at least I'm, that I've seen. I'm hoping he's. I think he's ready. He's made some some strides. Going to be ready to go. You would think so. I mean, you heard it right there. The the risk is worth the reward at this point. So. I mean, it may not be fully healthy, but it, it's healthy enough for him to grip. So he may have a little pain, but that's maybe that's it. Yeah. Well, there's you know the difference between pain and injury. Sure. Right. Yes. Well, he had a very impressive throwing session before the game in Philadelphia, and uh, he just uh, really can um, uh, put the ball placement, ball placement, throw the ball, strength, spin, uh, zip. Uh, really, uh, the the whole repertoire of being able to uh, throw that football, and I think that uh, given what he's done 
as well as what he's going to do this week than any concern that he might get out there and have because of any awkwardness or any uh, being there too uh, out there too early that he injures something else, pulls something else uh, in his in his total motion. That's always a concern when guys are coming back. Will they compensate there and create an overcompensation someplace else? I don't think that's there, and uh, I think he's uh, got a good chance to be out there. But he's doing things. He does things every day and is on a, under a constant assessment. But he looks good. He looks ready to go. I'll awesome. take his word for it. Yeah, he sounds optimistic. He says Dak's determined to play. And um, you know the Cowboys, they they they're in pretty good shape, all things considered. Sure, four yeah. and two is not bad after week one. I mean we we were sitting right here in in this room or somewhere around these parts. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-lightning, maybe? We haven't spoken about the lightning in a while. Do we, we remember we, that that happened? I forget. Oh, that's right. We did get hit. Oh. Anyway. I got zapped in the room while it happened. That's right. That was insane. Uh, but, uh, I mean, they, 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 all, all things considered. I mean, we thought the season was over after after game one, you know, week one. And here comes Cooper Rush. He goes four and one, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's four and one for the Cowboys now. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Four and two is an okay right, right. Yeah, it could be a lot worse for the Cowboys. And who would have thought that the Giants were five and one, and that Philly would be undefeated at this point? We didn't. Yeah. No one. Don't tell me you saw that coming because I wouldn't believe you. We well, you know who, especially else, with the Giants. You know who else has been surprising me this year? Are the Jets. Thank you. Both New York teams yeah. are looking great. The Jets look. And I all think right. that has to do with the coaching. Finally, they got coaching in place, which should make Texas fan feel hopeful. And I kind of like the Jets. I don't have any reason. I've never ever had any reason. They beat but, Aaron Rodgers last week. Of course, you should have a reason. Good I, reason. I, see, I, I don't. I like the Packers, I, I, but I, but I I think uh, it probably goes back to an era that predates me, the Namath era. Like I grew up as a little boy. Namath was, you know, still, you know. So well, he wasn't playing when I was a kid. <laughs> Oh, yeah, mean, that was I mean, in the '60s, yeah. man. You weren't alive yet, were you? No, but I mean, as 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 a little boy, I mean, you know, Joe Namath was sure. was, was you know among those. He was still a poster boy at that point. Absolutely. He was still young enough, absolutely, that, or old enough to still be that guy. You know, today's uh, legends were yeah. were you know still hadn't even hit their prime. Like Joe Montana, I mean, he was still a kid back exactly. You know, back when I was growing up. So I mean, you know, guys like Namath. So I I don't know. I guess I always envisioned the Jets as a boy to be this big bigger than life club. They turned out to not actually. Be, yeah, but. Uh, that's the only reason that I'd have a dog in that fight. Never have cared about the Giants. In fact, Extra didn't care about the Giants when Eli Manning was with them. I'm very happy for the Giants because uh, my buddy, who's a big Mets fan, is also a big Giants fan, and he's this is really helping uh, you know heal the wounds of the Mets being bounced in the wild card too. Who would have thought the Padres that are now in the NLCS? What the hell is going on there? Yeah, this Padres team, they're all, they're they're really good. That's crazy. They are the really, Padres really and the Phillies, too. T- I know we're not supposed to talk baseball right now. We're talking football. But we're man, close, though. I know we're close. Uh, one thing I did want to touch on here, real quick we were talking about the Dan Snyder situation and, and the meetings of the oligarchs today uh, for their quarterly uh, owners meeting. And uh, Jerry Jones was asked whether or not this may be, uh, Dan Snyder may be a topic of discussion. Yeah, no, I don't think that'll be something discussed today. Uh, that, that's more a media thing than it is an internal thing. Oh, so this, you don't view it as an issue. You, your relationship with Dan has been the same said, over the years? What I'm saying is that, no, I'm just saying that I don't think it's going to have much time to, uh, as we visit about this meeting. 
And secondly, uh, I think it's between the media and the politics, the outside. I'm talking about outside media, outside politics, those kinds of things. Uh, I know of no issues that I'm not uh, have uh, knowledge of, and so uh, no, I don't think I'd be a uh, highlighted item today at all. Not publicly. He's a really bad liar. There's no way they won't talk about. I know this he talk. I know he fumbles over his words a lot, but that was very obvious yeah. that he was he. He was trying to say something that he didn't, that he couldn't. You've cut shrewd deals many times, and you yeah. can't, you can't lie your way through that one yeah, question. Please Jack. get out of here, you, eighty-year-old. Disappoint me. <laughs> did you watch? So, the, did you watch the game last night? I did. I watched a, a little bit of it. How annoyed were you? I wasn't annoyed at all, man. Yeah. Look, you every like, time you like watching dude, at Russell this struggle? point, the Seahawks have the number seven draft pick. As long as the Broncos keep losing, we're going to stay top ten. Yeah. Yeah, well, hey, as long as you guys don't get a better, uh, you know, a better, I want to paint a, a little pri- than the, the Texans. I want to paint a little picture here about okay. the uh, the Broncos. Um, so the day before my birthday, March sixteenth, twenty twenty two, yeah, twenty twenty two, Russell Wilson is traded to the Broncos. Shut up. <laughs> March twenty fourth. Do you remember what happened in Denver? March twenty fourth, just mere days after Russell Wilson is traded to the Broncos. Do you remember what happened at Mile High Stadium that day? Pitchers and, and catchers reported? And it, no. And it's highlighted on their their uh, Twitter page. I really don't. I, I, I am not. Their suites spontaneously combusted. And oh, that's right. That fire went, out, went off. I do remember that. Out of nowhere yeah. in Mile High. Excuse me. Do you believe in signs? <laughs> So this is this is Russell Wilson's doing. Is that what you're saying? I don't. I, look, I'm not God saying I'm not saying it this. out loud, but there was a clear sign that the Broncos were he- headed for a dumpster fire, and sitting two and four now, losing three in a row. I think we should have read the signs. Oh, better that than uh. I don't know. I I just I, it's it's a silly correlation that I saw on Twitter last night, and I just kind of ran with it. But it is well, kind of funny. I mean, hey, you know, stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened, my stranger friend. Stranger things have happened. Why indeed. did that? Why did that suite all of a sudden just catch fire with nobody in there? It wasn't a ghost, because y'all don't believe that either. So some, some things will just <laughs> never be answered. So this was a game that that really at one point seemed destined to be a tie. Man, you know what? The first the first quarter, it was a it was a fun game. It was okay. Russell Wilson actually looked vintage Russell Wilson when he had that when he had that forty yard bomb on the run. That is what I'm used to seeing. Not this whatever dude is showing up after. Well, all right. So just real quick to mention the second half because it was awful. Um, both teams combined for ten possessions, three field goals, four punts, two turnovers on downs. And an interception. There's your second half. Do you know how there. many passing yards the Broncos had in the second half? Uh, I, I read it. 13. 13 yards. <laughs> 13 yards passing, all while also leaving Melvin Gordon on the bench. And in, in overtime, they ran 15 both uh, combined teams, play, 15 plays, combined 16 yards. Mercifully. L- listen, go ahead. Sorry. I was, mercifully, the Chargers had Dustin Hopkins. And his oh, one indeed. leg, yeah, because the dude had a hamstring injury, and he hit what four field goals? Yeah, four field goals All in the thirties. Yeah, that's that's really far for someone with a hurt leg, hurt kicking leg, carrying uh, <laughs> carrying L.A. to a nineteen sixteen win over Denver. That poor guy. Every time he kicked the ball, ESPN would slow mo him, just wincing in agony after he kicked the ball, and just slow mo watched him just. Hoppled to the ground in pain. Yeah, but well, then, like, dude was a dude was a gamer because he as soon as he fell, 
he got right back up and just walked off without a limp. He walked around with no limp. Nope. The only thing, I, every time they show me, he had some like heat pad on his leg, and he'd be practicing hitting or kicking, and got every single one of them. You could feel the pain in his leg, whether you know that pain or not. You felt pain for that guy. Russell Wilson's and, also got a hamstring injury. He says he got in that in that loss last night. Yeah, apparently it's very serious. Don't so care. I don't care, man. Keep losing. I feel look. I feel bad for Russell Wilson, the human, the person, because. This guy doesn't deserve. I mean, he's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. I don't know what. The yeah, hell is, he's not a bad. I don't know. Dude. What, I don't know what the hell's going on. But look, one of those as as a team, I don't care. Let them keep losing. Please keep losing. I want your draft pick. Fair enough. And we're get we got your draft. Fair pick, enough. So just keep on losing, man. I have no sympathy. So get this: the Broncos have ended more drives with kicks than any other team. They've got. 17 field goals attempted. That's the most in the NFL. Mm-hmm. 33 punts, second most in the NFL. And their combined total of 50 kicks, far and above more than any team in the league. They were season. so predictable last night. In overtime, every single possession was run, run, incompletion. Run, run, incompletion. Run twice, throw the ball, incompletion, game over. And what, what does that say about Nathaniel Hackett's confidence in this quarterback that they went out and spent a lot of money to get when he punted... <laughs> All right, so he punted on uh, one fourth and two when the analytics said go for it. Mm-hmm. He punted on a fourth down from the Chargers 39 when the analytics said that's your worst possible choice. Either going <laughs> for it or attempting a field goal would have been a better choice. Yep. But coaches don't always have to follow the analytics. Sure. But, I mean, when your signature move, like I said, well, on the offseason was acquiring Russell Wilson and you're showing more confidence in your kicker. Not only that, they were problem. showing more confidence in a washed-up, has-been, no-offense running back in Latavius Murray. Yeah. He hasn't done anything. And you have Melvin Gordon just sitting there waiting. And then you 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 focus more on trying to run the ball. They get one to two yards of play. Yeah. And then Russell Wilson's got it. You expect him to get a third and nine, third and eight, when they're going to be in soft coverage, right. sitting back, waiting for you to throw. Russell Wilson's not running. Why? Hurt hamstring, right. clearly. What are you doing? Yeah, you mentioned Latavius Murray. We and, can figure and, this out from here, man. The the number two was Mike Boone. Melvin Gordon was warm in the bench. Yeah. And and he actually he, he really didn't even know why. You know, it was a close game. I felt like I could have helped. Um make a difference. Apparently not. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel bad for him there. <laughs> you know? I mean, you, Look, you, all that you, you unexpectedly become the number three. Yeah, of course. The They're all yeah, getting I guess paid. he wants to play. But I don't know, dude. Nathaniel Hackett can't hack it, honestly. No, I think he's bad. He he's he's in over his head worse than than uh, the Dolphins' head coach, yep. Mike McDaniel. Yep. My God, and I don't. If if he keeps losing, he's gonna he's not gonna last the season. Yep. He is a weak coach. I couldn't agree with you more on that I, one. Honestly, you see his play calling. You see him on the sideline. Do you see any player c- talking to him during the sideline? No. He's always by himself. Nope. Yep. I think he's lost that team already. Yep. Took six games, and it probably didn't even take that long. What a time. I hear you. We, man, they were the to- they were the talk of the offseason, and they are imploding from the inside. Yes, indeed. It is are. brutal. Yes, indeed. Uh, stick around. One more uh, segment here on the way in the bullpen. Uh, a strange oddity in the NFL playoff schedule, uh, something that we've never seen before. Oh, boy. Uh, And the uh, scheduling here. Can't wait. And uh, Texas favorites over Oklahoma State on Saturday. Which is 
Also very strange. That is indeed. (laughs) 512-834-1027 is the number. Give us a call here in the bullpen. The Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Hey, welcome back to the final segment here, the Tuesday edition of the Bullpen. Woo! Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins with you. Now I got food in me, and now I'm feeling good. Yeah, dancing Woo! over there. Appreciate Cabo Bob's. 512-834-1027 if you'd like to chat. First time having that. It's pretty good. It's great. Big fan of their food. We got one yeah. down the street from where we live. I did too at one point. No longer. Really? Only one closest to me is off uh, Anderson. They do good. Uh, Mopac. They do good work. Although I'm so hungry today, I could literally eat anything. Anything would be good. Anything that I praise. So two rounds, one day. We've never seen this before. A postseason like any other continues today uh, under very, very unique circumstances. Mm-hmm. So we had a rain out yesterday of Yankees Andy, or Yankees Guardians. Get a roof. And uh, so they're playing game five. I said I don't know. game of the ALDS today. New York, 307. Yeah. Our time. And then at 7.03, first pitch tonight, San Diego and, and the uh, Phillies. They open it. up the NLCS. So this will be the first day in MLB postseason history in which two rounds, the Division Series and the League Championship Series, are overlapping on the same day. We've mm. never seen that before ever. It doesn't really feel like it's that big a deal, though. Because shouldn't the no, ALCS it, be playing today as well? No. Technically? Or... Is that no? The, I didn't know if they pushed sets, that back it, because it sets of this. start tomorrow, regardless. Okay. So the the NLCS today and the ALCS tomorrow. Gotcha. Uh, and <clears throat> we'll find out today, tonight. You know who who the Astros are going to be playing. Who are you rooting for? I uh, in the in the NLCS. In the NLCS, I'm I'm Phillies. Yeah. Uh, everyone keeps asking me, and I keep saying I'm impartial and I don't care. But I've kind of been thinking that too. Phillies uh, are. Is a team of a lot of used to be goods, I guess is what you could say. They not has beens because they're still really good, but former elite players. You got Bryce Harper. He who has gotten real hot over the past several weeks. Sure. I'm not saying he's not an elite player, but he's kind of a shell of his former self of oh, what he yeah. was in, in Washington. Yeah. And then you got Schwarber, who's kind of a shell of his former self. Still hitting a lot of home runs, but you know, he doesn't have the average he's not hitting for average anymore. Gene Segura has been around forever. He's been a Philly for a long time. I remember him when he was a Mariner. Yeah, exactly. And I don't even remember who, who he was with before he was a Mariner. I thought I thought he started was it in San Seattle. Diego. Was he? I thought he started. In no, Seattle. he he was traded to oh. to the Mariners. Long, he's been playing a long time. Regardless, yeah. yeah, he's been playing a very long time, and he is a fun player. And he is still. I mean, he once again he doesn't have the defense. He quite. He once did. Probably doesn't have that. But quick, he can still play. Speed like that. He, he was a fat. He, he yeah. could run the bases. And then you got Reese Ho- Rice Hoskins, yeah. who's playing out of his mind. Yeah. Uh, uh, didn't he? Who's the guy? Marsh, I believe, who survived. Yeah, Brandon Marsh. Was it Brandon Marsh who who? Uh, what he he dissed the 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 Philly fans. Oh. Was yeah. that who? Which player am I thinking of? Who I'm, who did that? And he's come back and become now Philly. The fans love him. I'm pretty sure it was Brandon Marsh. Some so one of those guys, but and. and Again, you know, these are t- this is a team of of who were once really Austin Nola, not who he once was, but still pitching pretty damn well. Nate Castellanos. Castellanos. Yeah. He was yeah. great as a red, but I mean, I, I think he's, I don't know, he may still be in his prime a bit. So on the bump tonight, it's Zach Wheeler versus you, Darvish. Man, I did not know I could go off about the Phillies like that. Hey, we, I mean, you know, where did that come when, from? When you love the game of baseball and I you love the so. beautiful game. I never even thought about him until now. So Wheeler, uh, twelve and seven with a two eight two ERA on the regular season, uh, likely would have pitched on short rest had the Phils actually gone to the winner take all game five. Didn't have to though. 
instead, getting the benefit of that extra day of rest, taking the hill for game one. Uh, and then you Darvish, uh, he'd been the, lined up to pitch game five on Sunday at Dodger Stadium on short rest. Uh, this is huge for the Padres now that they've managed to dispatch the Dodgers early, aligning their rotation as they wish. So they're getting Darvish. I rested you, Darvish, uh, who's really been their most consistent starter all season. He put up a 3-1 ERA, 30 starts. Two of them lasted at least six innings. Um, all, I should, all but two, I should say, lasted at least. So he, he, he worked. He put in some work this season. See, I say that, and I would not be upset if the Padres made it through as well. Because they're a fun team to watch as well, and that pitching staff they is are. just ridiculous. They are. Um, I'm excited. This is going to be fun. I, I have not really been a big Phillies fan most of my life, but I like this Phillies team. There's something about the way they made it in, mm-hmm. uh, that, that storybook Cinderella sort of thing they did, similar to the Padres, which exactly. is why if the Padres beat the Phillies, like I don't have a dog in this fight. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm pulling for the Phillies here, but if the Padres win and they make it to their first series since 98, I'll be okay with that. Yeah. I really will. Yeah, and how about the Guardians who were not even in the wild card chase, what, a couple months ago? And then they, they came out of nowhere, dethroned the the Twins, and took the division, and now they're on the cusp of going to the championship series. Yeah. yeah. They took the Yankees to five games, which no one thought they would do. No, you and I both had the Yanks sweep, sweep them. Sweep them. Yeah, three games, that's it. Mm-hmm. So, so and, and and I think most people who follow baseball have been taken back by a lot of the stuff that's been going on this this postseason so and far. And that's why we watch, and that's why we love, because you just never know. You can be so good for six months, and then all of a sudden you start slumping when you shouldn't at all, and another team is just, that you didn't expect at all would take full advantage of that. And we, we've already seen that twice. So Cleveland, they're going to be sticking with Aaron Savale for the, for the game tonight. Uh, scheduled to pitch last night. Uh, against Jamison Tyon, who's not going to be pitching now. They're rolling out nasty Nestor Cortez, the lefty, with one of the craziest uh, deliveries you've ever seen from any pitcher uh, when he's trying to throw you off. Um, he's good at it, too. He really is. And he makes it up on the spot, he says. He, he improvises almost every pitch. And it's hilarious. And he's got that that Ron Jeremy porn mustache to go along with it. Did you know that he? I watched him pitch, I think, uh, 2020 or 2019 in Seattle? And he would just, I mean, I think he only lasted four, four bullpen. Uh, he came out of the bullpen maybe four times before they released him because he was not very good. And well, now he's he just an Allison lights-out starter. Yeah, he, I think, I think uh, he's gained his confidence this year, which goes a long way. Uh, and I think some of the viral videos of his goofy wind-ups have, have helped. You know, the, the, the spotlight he's yeah. found himself in there in pinstripes in New York you he know. was also really good at the All Star game. He was literally talking to the the announcers as he was pitching. Yeah. in the game. Yeah, I love that. That's fun. So the Astros they got home field advantage throughout the rest of the playoffs. They're going to host the series opener tomorrow at Minute Maid Park, either Guardians or Yankees. Uh, I am still taking the Yankees, despite the the way the Guardians have been playing. I, I, they're at the Bronx tonight. This is a deciding game five. I, I just like the Yankees' chance. I think it's all in their favor. Wouldn't be surprised if yeah. the, the way the Guardians have played. I wouldn't be surprised. Or disappointed, but I, I think this is going to be a, a rematch ALCS for the, the Astros. Uh, bullpen fatigue's been a problem for the Guardians. Uh, they got a little bit, uh, a little bit more juice, gas in the tank, I mm-hmm. think, over over in the Bronx and their bullpen. And they've got a little bit of rest with the with these delays. You know, right? It doesn't hurt them in that aspect. Meantime, the Astros wrapped up the division series against your Mariners on Saturday. They've they've had plenty of time to rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, some are wondering if the extended time may be too much for them. As we saw with Justin Verlander on that extended start, he got rocked by the Mariners in Game 1. It don't matter. I, it it right. doesn't matter. 
Oh, and speaking of the Astros and the Mariners, I found this crazy stat today. Uh-oh. You know, we've 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 watched Jordan Alvarez just tear a hole through, well, Seattle mostly uh, right now. Okay, get to the point, my guy. How many <laughs> hits do you think Jordan Alvarez has had so far in this postseason? Uh, I'm going to say three. Okay. Well, that's a little lower than I thought you were going. It's four. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was more. He's only had four hits. Yeah. And because I can picture three of them and, and two of them are home runs. He's the standout hitter so far of yeah. this series. Or I mean, uh, of this whole postseason. I lived and died four on hits. every that's single all pitch in that series. So I'm surprised I, I forgot one. I don't remember his fourth hit, but his two hits were obviously the home runs. They hurt you. And then his other one was a double off your trash-ass Crawford box. (laughs) (laughs) I will never give that up, all right? It's not the shortest porch in baseball, though. You can whine all you want. It's not. It's stupid. That they should all get... Did you see what the Orioles did? They had a short porch, too. They cut that off and pushed it back. Now they have the furthest left field I've ever seen in my life. As if like Camden three, didn't already have 380 or something? What, what do they call it? It's not Camden Yards. And what do they play now? Uh, Comerica? Comerica, is that Comerica it? Park? Is no. It? Is that that's Chicago? White Sox play. Yeah, that's Chicago. Yeah. I don't know. See, that's the problem with corporate names. No, they keep changing It's not like the, the good old days when you just played in the Astrodome. Well, you know Fenway Park. Oh, Fenway Park. You got the New York Stadium, whatever. Yankee Stadium. Yeah, that place. Uh, the you got the Yankee juice Stadium. box. You'll it'll always be the juice box, correct? Well, or would Minima, I guess Minimate could drop that Minimate pack pack. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, you, you've got a very unique uh, evening afternoon of baseball as the uh, division series and the LCS or yeah. championship series overlap for the first time in history. Uh, on to uh, a little bit of college football here to wrap things up. Road trip to Stillwater on the horizon for the Texas Longhorns Road facing trip. the number eleven Oklahoma State Cowboys. Great movie, by the way. Yeah, it was. Love that movie. It was. I'm sorry. I can't stop eating this rice in front of you. It's I okay. hope you don't mind. Okay. I, don't I know you're hungry. Well. I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Oklahoma State, number 11, Texas, number 20, and the Horns entering Stillwater, three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Cowboys. What's up with that? Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm i liking the chances here. They're coming off that gritty 24-21 win over Iowa State here in Austin on Saturday. Oklahoma State trying to bounce back from their first defeat, double overtime loss, 43-40 to TCU in Fort Worth. TCU's not a bad team. Not at all. And to all. take them to double overtime, yeah. you think that, that that's going to be a negative effect on them? They're probably pissed. Horns are 11-3 all-time in this Oklahoma State matchup. Uh, 41-34 overtime victory in 2020, and then they fell 32-24 in uh, last year. And we're talking about three different teams, though, so that's why I don't like to look at that career record as much. I guess it's more well, it's that, more psychological yeah. than anything else because every team is different but I every think that, year. I think that counts to some degree the psychology of it. Sure, true, but it shouldn't. No, but here I was so like this one that doesn't really. But I mean, in in the series between them two, the two met for the first time in 1916. Uh, huh. Texas, Texas, actually, so I was wrong. Eleven and three all time at at T Boone Pickens Stadium. Okay, there, I was going to say okay. I feel like they played more than that. Texas owns the record though at 26 and 10 overall since okay. 1916. Yeah, well. Look, Mike Gundy's a good coach, so he'll have them ready. And Steve Sarkeesian is also a very good coach, so we'll, he'll have them ready as well. How about that analysis, baby? Yes, indeed. You can only get that here on the bullpen. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, among the many rules of thumb in college football, there's a very important one that everyone should hold true to, and that is to always ignore Colin Coward. Agreed. Always. We don't claim him as our own, even though he's from Washington State. Dude's a clown. Yeah, big time. Um, he has routinely expressed his skepticism over the Longhorns and Sooners move to the SEC by 2025 at the latest. 
made a f- fairly okay point just to a, sl- a certain degree over the weekend following Tennessee's defeat of Alabama, uh, saying if Tennessee is now legit and it appears that to be the case, I can only wish Oklahoma and Texas the very best on their SEC voyage. Going to be fun trying to win a nail in stadium, Bama, Georgia, and LSU when Brian Kelly gets it rolling. Oh, when Brian Kelly gets it rolling? Good luck with that, my guy. Wow. Now, uh, Good call, talk, Colin. He's talking about the same Longhorns team, if I'm not mistaken, that took Alabama bell to bell and mm-hmm. just fell short by one point. With their backup quarterback. With their backup quarterback. No less. Colin Cowherd is an idiot. Dude, he's got to he's got to say that because that's that's what gets him the clicks. That's what gets him the listens. It's not that I don't understand. I highly that. doubt he believes half the things he says. He's still which you idiot. could say that about a lot of people in this world. He's still an idiot. Uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, Tennessee, fair. They are in need of uh, some support. They uh, can't apparently can't afford to pay for the goalposts that were ripped down and thrown into the uh, river over what? the weekend. How is that? How? How? Thrown How does an entire university <laughs> not to pay for goalposts? Uh, they can pay for it, but they're asking for donations. And there are the Why? Don't donate. Different kinds of donations. You can do a $16 donation for the number of years since they beat Alabama, a $52.49 donation, playing off the final score of Saturday's game, or a $1,019.15 donation, which is a nod to the sold-out crowd of 101,915 people. Stop it. Don't. Don't. Ask for your money back. They can afford it. Get out of here. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. How dare you. There we go. How dare you. Sorry about that. Who's trying to silence us, Tennessee? Hey, uh, real quick, Charles Barkley uh, got a massive new deal after Live Golf apparently flirted with him. Shocker. TNT, $100 million because they didn't want him to go broadcast You wonder why he went public. I know. Shocker. Good for you, Chuck. Leverage. Good for you, Chuck. Genius. Hey, stick around. Paul Feinbaum, the SEC homer, up next. (laughs) Amen. And from 4 to 6, Ed Beto, Sports Talk. Word up. We'll see you tomorrow here in the bullpen. See ya.